You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to Season 9, Episode 12 of the Scottish Football Forums podcast. So who joins this week. Hello, John. Hi, you alright? Yeah, not too bad today, yeah. Um, I'm pleased to say that we're also joined by a returning guest. Um, it's this weekend, it's a back onside derby in the Scottish Junior Cup between Falthouse United and Carnoustie Panmure. And we've got Falthouse's star striker, Aaron Connolly, and also the back onside ambassador. How are you doing, Aaron? Welcome back. Hi, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me back on. Um, also, thank you for the mentions in the recent weeks. I've been keeping on top of it since I was last on, so it's always nice to have people mention your name in a positive way, so thank you. Yeah, um, not a problem. Uh, I think we've picked you the wrong week, because um, last week you got <laughs> four goals. What the hell happened at the weekend then? <laughs> Do we need to talk about that, I suppose? <laughs> you um, don't have to. You can skip over it and just say bad day at the office. <laughs> nah, I mean, I've had a tough couple of weeks. Um, we've been down to the bare bones and less, uh, down to uh, 12 bodies, including the assistant manager. Um, obviously, the weekend before, we managed to dig out a good result in the cup, and this weekend it just seemed to... We just seem to be caught a bit cold, missing four or five big players. And in reality, we were just really, really poor. So, I mean, I just feel like every time Fulton went forward, they were going to score. Some of the defending was really disappointing. I think as a team, we just had no shape. It was just one of those days, just everything that could go wrong went wrong. I think we had 12 bodies, we had to take someone off at half time. So, I had to rejig at half time again. Um, I. I I'm not going to make excuses for it. It's probably a bit of a warning shot across the brow for us because everything's been so positive and going so well up until that point. Um, we went into the game six points clear, so I think we remain three points clear at the top of the league. 19 points after eight games, if you'd offered us that at the start of the season, we'd have bitten your hand off for it. So it's probably key not to overly focus on the bad result, but to understand that it's happened for reasons and we need to improve going forward. Yeah. It's amazing what that one game can do because you actually went into the, the game with the best defensive record in the league and then all of a sudden, um, well, you're now joint second best defensive record um, just with one game. Yeah, I mean, I think we, uh, we had, I don't think we conceded away from home yet going into the game at the weekend. Um, we'd been pretty solid defensively apart. I think we had one home game uh, against Palmfuss and we drew four each where it was a bit end-to-end and a bit crazy that night. But we... <laughs> There's no legislating for what happened. It was just one of those days where it just felt like every time we lost the ball or gave up possession in an area, they turned it over quickly and scored. And I come away from it so disappointed and uh, really frustrated and angry. But I think, as I said, if you offer this a position we're in right now at the start of the season, if you take the results out from it and just look at it from a points perspective, I think we would have taken this. So it's important that we don't allow ourselves to get too down by it. We've got a few boys coming back this week, so we'll be stronger. And I think, arguably, we're going to a tougher test this weekend. I think Curran still will probably be a tougher test. So I think it's just about reacting positively now as a squad and as a club. Yeah, Curran Steele, I've got a similar record to yourselves. Um, eight, eight games, they've won six, drawn one and lost one. Um, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a very tough examination. Am I right in saying that you boys are at home this week? Yeah, yeah, it's that, it's that fault house this week, so you'd like to think that gives you just a little bit of an edge, and uh, 
from what I expect to be a tough tie. You know, two sides who are you take a result aside at the weekend, two sides who are in really good form and have been since the start of the season. So both at the top ends of the the retrospective leagues. So I expect it to be a bit of a cracker. Although I hope that I'm on the winning side this time. Yeah, obviously. So did you play any of those teams in pre-season from the East Region Super League? Uh, not from the North Division, no. It's a, as I said, when I came through to the East Region, it's not it's not a region I know a lot about. I've obviously applied my trade in the West for a long time, so coming through here, it's been new for me every weekend. And then with the league splitting, you know, both Super Leagues, the Super League splitting into two regionalised divisions with North and South, so you've got the top teams in either division going against each other. I expect that we're probably similar in terms of uh, ability and stuff, I expect it will be nip and tuck, hopefully, um, and it'll be a good game. But you know, I think it's probably going to be a toughest test. I think looking at the league last season before it was regionalised, I think Cumbria State probably stronger than Fallhouse at that point. So, as I said, it'll be a tough test, but it's one that I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, Junior Cup anything can happen Monday, obviously. So. It's a cup that everyone in the juniors looks at at the start of the season. They're always looking at when the first and second round ties are going to be, and obviously it's it's one that everybody loves to to be involved in and have the big games in. This just seems to be a big game early on. Yeah, yeah it was incredible the way it turned out because obviously both sides have um, got sponsorship with um, the great charity back on side, and it, you know when they were drawn together, the first thing that came to mind was back on side Derby. So it just made the the publicity great for this. Um, I also see great gesture by both um, clubs, um, donating their um, their fees to charity, um, their the gates receipts to charity. So I think well done to both sides. Um, and yeah, hopefully there'll be a lot of people going in. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I was as soon as I saw the draw, I thought when is this tie? Because um, I thought I'd quite like to go, but. Unfortunately, I've got still game this weekend. So, but for those who could make it, how much does it cost to go up? Uh, it's six quid, so you get your money's worth at six quid in the juniors. Yeah. You will absolutely get your money's worth when you look at the results that both clubs have had. Both teams seem to be pretty free scoring. We now seem to be pretty free conceding as well. So, <laughs> I suspect you get your money's worth on Saturday for six quid. Um, as I said, as you said, fantastic for both clubs to to come to the agreement that the, the gates the gate receipts will go to the charity back on side. Obviously myself being involved at Fallhouse and being the back on side ambassador, it was organic that the club would be involved with the charity and the club would carry a name on our crest. Um and then we have Jamie Winter at Carnoustie who's the captain, who's now also a back on side ambassador and was actually the guy who kicked off our sort of winning games and saving lives campaign where he pledged ten pounds for every Carnoustie win. Um I do the same for each fold house win. My wife pledges a fiver for every goal that I score, and that's sort of taking off across a, a, a few junior clubs and people have got involved. So should be a good game to very decent sides, and obviously the, the great opportunity to raise even more awareness of back on side, which is really taking off and gathering momentum now anyway. And it's just another opportunity to raise that awareness. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Can you kick off on Saturday, is it? Yeah, have to kick off, yeah. Have to kick off at Fold House. No, that's that's fantastic what you are all doing and uh, we we were obviously hoping to um get Phil Maguire the um Kinnusty manager for Aberdeen player on but um unfortunately he had a late technical hitch so to speak, so um but we'll we'll give him a mention. But yeah, there's there seems to be a lot of connections you've mentioned, Jamie. Um I need to ask, how's um your gaffer John doing? 
Aye, he's uh, uh, doing a lot better than he was. Obviously, he's going through his own sort of well-documented struggles at the moment. Um, he's improving day on day. He's uh, he's obviously accessed back for help, so that's been really great for him. Um, I should probably give Libby a mention for the work she's done for him as well, um, as much as what she's done for me personally. So she's very much involved in his life daily. Uh, he's accessed counselling through back on side, which is also fantastic that we, he has the opportunity to do that, um, as do many others who require it. So he's definitely getting back to his normal self, slowly but surely. Um, there was a few doors slammed on Saturday, which is uh, the gaffer at his best. Um, so <laughs> it's, good, it's good to see him getting back in the dugout, getting back involved. Um, there's been a few touching moments throughout this sort of battle, you know, as, as we've won games and things, and it's been evident that he's been really struggling on the side. You know, I've embraced him a couple of times, I've scored and things like that. And, um, it's just been it's been good to sort of play a small part in that recovery for him, and it's good to see him getting back to to normal ways slowly but surely. Um, albeit the, club, the the players doing their best to set him back on Saturday, there, but he's a uh, he's turning the corner, I would say. That's good to hear. Um, I think as well we've mentioned before. If you ever fancied coming on the podcast here as well, he'd be welcome to come on if you fancy it. It's something he'd like to do. Yeah, I, I'll mention to him. I mean, hopefully, if we can get a win in Saturday, you might get him on next week. But <laughs> if we if we don't turn it around quickly, it might take a wee while for me to get him I've seen him on social media before. I kind of followed him, or not maybe followed him, but kind of knew of him. Um, <laughs> I followed the juniors. I support Talbot. Um, yeah. And I've certainly kind of seen him tweeting and different things like that and on likes of Pine Ball and stuff like that. So he seems like a kind of bit of a character as well that's well liked as well in the junior game. I think he's really well liked, he's really well respected. I think you see that with a sort of outpouring of emotion towards him uh, over the last few weeks as he sort of struggled and it's taken immense bravery for him to 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 be so open and honest with his struggles, you know. Evidently men uh, don't talk about it enough and that's something that we're always saying, so to have someone else uh, from within football, within junior football specifically, come out and sort of speak openly about it, it just it just normalises the whole depression, anxiety, sort of mental health issues in in Scotland, and that's as ambassador for back on side and someone who's doing the work of trying to raise awareness. And it's just fantastic to see more and more people feel more comfortable and feel like they're not there's less stigma attached, and that they can be so open and honest and and feel their emotions and and not have to keep it to themselves. I think it's a brave thing of a player manager to do as well because um, you know managers are perceived as being like the you know the figurehead they can't show any weakness etc. So um, you've heard it in obviously football in England um, if manager shows any sign of weakness the players are, are on it. Um, but it's so it's good to see that John being the position he's in players aren't thinking any less of him because he's had to um, open up about his anxiety and that, um, more importantly his club seem to be backing him. I mean, I think I think the gaffer would say himself the players have got behind them even more. Um, obviously, there's an understanding within this union room just because of my own circumstances and what I've spoken about. So the players were fantastic when Unifor first came in. Uh, gaffer was massive for me for a couple of years before he even ever signed for Fold House. He was always a support for me. So for me to try and return that favour back to him, it's been fantastic. The players have got right behind him, and everyone at the club is fully behind them. You know. They let him step back for a couple of weeks when they need to. Um, they, they've given him all the support that they can, and I know they'll continue to do so. It's just, it's a fantastic club. It's a, it's a real family club. There's a real family feel to it. You know, 
everyone sort of knows each other, everyone makes an effort to say hello to you, everyone makes an effort to chat to you and make sure you're doing okay. So it's a perfect environment for the gaffer to sort of be open and honest about what he's going through. And he's got all the support in the world there, as has been highlighted by most of our performances throughout the season, despite what, what's been going on in the background and stuff. It's not really affected us. And we've just sort of kept plowing on and all that is just because that we want to do well for him because he gives us everything as a manager. He's he's 24-7 with it. Like He's never off the phone to players checking in on him. He's never off the group chat making sure everybody's got everything they need, all the new training kit and things like that. He takes care of all that sort of stuff. So the least we can do is just be there in his corner when he needs us. And it's, it's probably brought us a bit closer together as a squad, sort of helping him through that aspect. And Dunny, the assistant manager, stepping up at the time, um, it's brought us that bit closer time as well because he needed that support network around him while the manager wasn't there. And what about um, yourself? Because uh, I know you've talked openly about your off days as well as um, your positive days. I mean, in the main at the moment, doing well. Um, life's changed a lot for me since I first came on. You know, uh, I have to, there's certain things I have to do every day. I have to maintain good habits and things. And I've sort of got more coping mechanisms and I'm learning more and more every day you know I'm on like a, a little journey of education at the moment where I'm just sort of trying to understand myself more and understand what I'm going through more um, now almost five months down the line from what happened and I, a lot has changed I'm back, I'm back at work full time uh, I'm obviously back playing football probably playing as well as I have done for many years now um, in terms of consistency and be maintaining my sort of fitness and things like that or doing that a lot better than I have done in the past. So it's just still about taking it one day at a time, um, not getting too far ahead of myself. But there's certainly been a lot of positive change in my life after what's happened. And it's just up to me to try and maintain that now. And when I'm not feeling great, I, I'm in the main, I'm pretty honest about it. Uh, I'll speak to my wife and the, the people close to me. I've put it onto it a few times just to sort of make other people understand that I didn't just wake up one day and it left me. You know, I still have to work at it. I still have to do the right things but yeah I'm definitely in a better place I definitely understand it better and I'm still trying to help others when I can uh, I'm doing some mental health training next week so sort of going down that route as well to try and improve my own understanding to ensure that when I'm helping others I can give them the correct sort of advice and things like that Well done to you on a week as well for doing the kilt walk <laughs> doing the guilt walk after playing 90 minutes that was not easy I mean I'd been the Thursday and the Friday leading up to it I, I'd been in my bed uh, I'd been in my bed with an, with an infection and an abscess in my mouth and I got teeth pulled out on the Friday morning um, and then I had to barely slept the Friday night and I had to drag myself out of bed and play 90 minutes on the Saturday because we were all down to 12 players I think it was and then again the Sunday I had to get on walk 26 miles but we'd done it it was good Um I think I would rather run it next time because <laughs> it wasn't easy to keep myself mentally active for seven and a half hours. It got quite tough, but yeah, raised a great amount of money, you know. And I think, as I've said on my social media and stuff, that money genuinely does save lives. It allows us to access counselling and stuff for the most vulnerable vulnerable people who require it. And because myself, you know, I've had counselling through back on side, so it's, it's nice to repay that debt a little bit, um, and I'll continue to do so. 
That's well, for someone that um, was ill most of the week, you didn't half make a um, good effort of it on the Saturday, scoring four goals, and then um, it was a nice treat that you gave yourself on the Sunday. We were also talking <laughs> about that last week. Yeah, this uh, um, trippy has made its way around a little bit, but I, I think it was the least I deserved after the weekend I'd had. Um, I think you know, I sort of justified myself by saying that my Fitbit told me I'd burnt like four thousand calories doing the walk, so. I was just putting them back into my body. <laughs> Fantastic. How many goals have you scored in this season? Uh, so I've got 10 this season so far. Um, so it's been a good start. It's, it's been a good start for the club. You know, I've got 10 goals in 8 games, I think it is. Definitely. So, uh, it's, it's been a really good start, but I think, as I said earlier, you know, Saturday's a little shot across the brow for us. It's a little walling shot that football can bite you in the bum if you're not focused, if you're not at your best every week. So, we just need to take it as that and not dwell on it. And I won't dwell on my, two, my own performance too much either because I didn't do well either. So I'll just try and get my head up, go into training again tomorrow night, work hard and hopefully we turn, the, turn up and have a good result of the weekend and I can get back on the school sheet. Yeah, it's definitely difficult in the juniors when you're down to get so, so few players because obviously unlike the kind of senior um, teams, they don't carry as big a squad. So when you've got a few injuries, you can be struggling big time. It can change. It can change your team massively. You know, I think we're missing five bodies in total, and it's definitely not an excuse. You know, we've got a strong squad, and it's pretty much like for like in most positions that when people are out, we can pretty much bring someone in who's good enough. But we had a few boys who hadn't played much football and stuff, and it definitely impacted us. It impacted us in, in the Syngenta game when we won six one. I think we were actually probably pretty pretty poor despite the scoreline. Um, I think we've seen an impact that game, and then against Thornton, we just it was a greater impact that we just didn't get a grip in the game at all, uh, and they just punished us every every possibility. But I think this weekend we should be pretty much close to full strength, um, so there's no excuses. And, yeah. and we've now had that warning shot. If you're not on your game, things can go wrong. So I'm expecting we will give a far better account of ourselves. What's the furthest you've been in the Junior Cup? Final. Yeah, final. I lost in the final in 2014 with Glen and uh, we, I think I was the top goal scorer in the competition that year, with 12 or something. And we played oh, Hull against Hilford? Aye, and we played Hilford. Aye, Chesney gave away the penalty. <laughs> gave away two penalties and got sent off after 20 minutes. Aye. So, and I got, yeah. I, got, I got shifted from up front to wide right for the remainder of the game. And we lost 3 0, but I played in the final. Um, and it was an unbelievable run for us that season. We we started the season, I think, with four or five players when I signed, and we were really struggling early on. And then it just sort of clicked, and we just went on this unbelievable run, and just felt the last the last hurdle. So fingers crossed, we can do. I can go on a run again in it and and challenge. But I think we'll take Saturdays. It comes. It's a tough, tough test. Yeah, I mean, I've, looking at the junior cup, I mean, I, I only, I've very limited uh, knowledge about junior football, um, but I've had to look at the fixtures. I see there's 63 ties this weekend. I think that shows how, uh, it's going to be a big journey for you to even get to final, and then and the juniors play quite a, a, a couple of competitions, and then, well, all can like the case, they've got the Scottish Cup as well. Yeah, it's a smaller tournament now as well, because you've got the teams that like to go to the lower league, like, so yeah. it's actually a not as many teams in it. Yeah, I think I'm actually losing count of the amount of cups there is in the East Region. As I said, it's so new to me, but it feels like 
every week or so I see a different draw cups on Twitter there is a lot of cup competitions played in the juniors I think um, the West dropped one of them when they made the links bigger and having played in the West last season that probably the season probably finished a bit earlier for most clubs obviously all can like apart because they go far in every competition it seems like but yeah, um, still went to play the Evening Times Cup. Uh, I think uh, it's, it's obviously the, the pinnacle is the Junior Cup for most clubs. Every, I mean, most clubs will look at that as I said earlier, and they'll look at when's the first Junior Cup game because it's the first big, the first big day for all the clubs is getting to that Junior Cup and seeing who they get and whether how far they think they can go on it. I think if, you, if you've ever seen the trophy, it's a nice big trophy. It's been around for a long, long time, so I think. Every junior player would have aspirations of going on and trying to win it. Yeah, oh, it is a nice trophy. I've, I've been lucky enough to have my picture with it. Um, mm-hmm. Seen a tall, but I've had it so many times. Yeah, I guess tall. I've got Belgium on Saturday, and Belgium were the home team, but they asked tall to switch out because of their lots kind of pitch that they can even cope with the crowd. So, really, a tough tie as well because Belgium are doing well. They're top of their league, um, or much as their two divisions below tall, but teams are winning. It's a good habit to have, so Definitely. I bet it's a bit Talbot to get through. Yeah. Yeah, you'd imagine Talbot and um being the favourites, but you've also moved from West Region to East Region, Aaron. Um mm-hmm. what's the what's the standards what's the comparisons in terms of standards? Um I'd say the West is probably a bit stronger, if I'm being honest. Uh don't want to be disparaging to any players or clubs in the East, but I think the West Premier is certainly a bit stronger. Obviously, the East Region lost a lot of big clubs um, who decided to jump on the, the low-end league train. Um, the West is probably a bit more physical as well, but I mean, the top the top teams around the, the East sort of Super Leagues at Fouldhouse and you know, Thornton Hibs and Bathgate and teams like that have played against Pumperston. They're all decent as and we'd probably all cope pretty well in the West region, but I'd say overall the West probably a bit stronger. Um, certainly a bit more physical. And the games I've played so far, the, the West probably got a bit of a better attendance as well in terms of fans that are turning up and things. But um, I expect that, I mean, I think we see it in the Junior Cup that it, always, it very often ends up West teams towards the later rounds of it. I mean, maybe one or two exceptions. Yeah, it was lucky um, last season got to the series. Yeah, yeah but... I would say, if I'm being totally honest, I think the West is probably still that little bit stronger than the East region. Yeah, well, um, certainly hope that your game gets a, a good tie and um, gets a good crowd. And for anyone who's able to go to £6 um, at Parkview at 2.30 kick-off, um, and remember all those proceeds are going um, to charity and for teams like Fal- Falthouse and Carnoustie, um, for them to give up their gate receipts to give the money back on says a, a wonderful thing and for those who are able to um, get yourselves along because for six quid it's pretty good value I would imagine I'm sure that's what value the team from back on side uh, a few of the guys will be throughout the game um, they've been given hospitality for days as well so if there is anyone out there who wants to put faces to the names and go and introduce themselves because they're seeing the work being done then feel free to get along to the game and uh, Libby says I'll be at the game Yeah, Libby can just turn up with a, a red and white scarf and say that she's half and half because both teams are also <laughs> red and white I don't know, um, I'm sure she'll jump on the bandwagon whoever wins in the end but 
I'll be trying my best to turn her this week. Yeah. Incidentally, because also Phil's um, not able to come on, um, do you know, off the top of your head, um, what started Kernusti getting on the um, back and signed bandwagon, so to speak? It, it was... Uh, so, we spoke to Kernusti. They first approached his their general manager, I think. Uh, excuse me if I've got his name wrong, but I think it's Mark Campbell. So, I reached out to back on side, so they'd had... A uh, previous tragedy at a club they were involved at a few years ago, um, and Phil was also involved at the time as well. So they sort of expressed an interest anyway in getting involved with a charity. And when they seen that Fault House had linked up and they they seen my story, um, they sort of decided to get in touch with my side. And from there, as I said, their captain Jamie Winter put on Twitter one day that for every Cumbria win this season, he would donate a tenner to back on side and. We sort of picked up on that and started an initiative, which I sort of jumped on board and a few other people jumped on board with. So just sort of organically grew through social media and that's been the power of social media with the back on side stuff, especially that I've certainly seen, you know, so many people have jumped onto it and got involved and they used their social media to reach out to back on side and things like that. It's been such a fantastic growth in such a short space of time and uh, it means that Obviously, the people are back and side are super busy um, and they're inundated at times, but people are really getting help. Like, well, it's life-saving help, you know, we're saving people from crisis and from from death, probably. So it's just fantastic. It's great that any clubs have got involved. Um, Curly State have jumped in and got really heavily involved. Libby went up to visit them and stuff. Um, so it's just been a real excellent uh growth of friendship between the charity and the club and it's the same with the guys at Fold House so I mean it's almost been written in the stars that we're going to get drawn against each other and I keep telling people it's written in the stars that I'll score the winner <laughs> <laughs> Yeah for your sake let's, let's hope so but I'm going to sit in the fence because I like um, I've obviously had a good relationship <laughs> with Phil not just because he's a former Aberdeen club but obviously yeah, we played in the charity game that I ran last year so nah, I hope it's hope it's a good game Um yeah, we'll wait and see how it goes. And glad everyone's doing okay um, at the at Fault House. Um, but yeah, we mentioned Ockham Lake Talbot probably the favourites for Junior Cup since they hold it. Um, and they showed on Friday, John, um, how strong a team they are, beating Kelty Hearts, are one of the better teams in the Lowland League. Yeah, it was one of those ties when it was drawn, I think. Probably about the toughest tie you could have got. Um, but on the flip side, they would have been thinking the same. I expected it to be a tough tie, but it gets through it pretty comfortably in the end. Um, surprised maybe how poor Kelty were, but I would say maybe it was due to how good Talbot were. Changed tactics slightly, um, usually play 4-4-2, whereas it's kind of maybe almost 4-3-3 um, with Shankland and Samson supporting Wilson and just be kind of just overran them. Um, Shankland was superb, man of match, obviously. First goal, we've seen it before. Uh, that many times Shankland delivery McCracken header um, <laughs> people are starting to say that it's actually now the most famous header in Scottish football because McCracken's <laughs> done it that many times recently in big games um, so there was that you then had the second just kind of great work in terms of um, Graham Wilson lobs keeper and then uh, Samson taps it in and third goal just that kind of poor defending from Kelty um, Pope free kick his lop header and then Shankland caps off on the display with his own goal. We had another couple of chances as well. Um, his lop header and then there was another one. Shankland even from the start, after about 30 seconds could have scored when he just put it by the post. So 
it shows um, the Lowland League much as it's perceived to be a, a higher grade of football than juniors. Um, Talbot showed probably that, again, they can cope against these so-called kind of bigger and better teams with bigger budgets. Um, that was something that was talked about a wee bit in the media um, last week. But, yeah, comfortable win. And then uh, a tough tie we've got in the next round as well against Cove, who we obviously got through against last season after a replay. So, they'll be on a wee bit of revenge, but then at the flip side, we know that we can beat them. So, and it's a home tie as well. It probably cemented Talbot as the best non-league team in the country. Yeah. I've obviously heard a lot. I didn't see the game, actually. I was out on Friday um, at the wrestling, actually. But uh, I think, you know, Talbot winning by, with such comfort. And I had, after a lot of the boys talking about it on Saturday, just seeing how comfortable it was for them. Um, obviously, I haven't played against Talbot for a number of years. You just you know what you're going to get. What I've never played against a side who work that hard, who press you that much at this level. And as you say, they've got real quality up top. Like obviously, Graham Wilson, Mark Shankland, players like that are real quality. Yeah, I mean Shankland, someone that's got all the talent in the world. Been obviously, it's been kind of spoken about before about how he made his debut for the year at such a young age. He had tries at Liverpool when he was younger and different things like that. He's maybe been a player that. Um, probably was expecting me to do better in his career but he's now at a stage whereby he's kind of still a, kind of fairly young he had a bit of a health scare uh, last season um, and almost in a, in a way that's helped him in terms of his football and so I think he's had to watch his life still maybe off the pitch and this season has been fantastic I mean, he's playing out wide he's got 10 goals already in 15 games in all competitions which is a terrific record um, mm. and everyone can see the ability he's got I mean some of the deliveries he's, he's putting in wouldn't be out of place in the Premiership Um so, yeah, great player. Um, great squad. I mean, every, people keep on saying about him. I remember a couple of seasons ago, people were saying, oh, hi, Talbot on a downturn, or they're going to be struggling and all that type of thing. But Tucker knows how to kind of get new players in. He knows when to get rid of players. He knows when to bring new players in and just go from strength to strength. Uh, um, it's always exciting for him, Talbot. But the, the Cove game, um, yeah, I mean, Cove will be a wee bit stronger as well as what they were last season. And I think there's a wee bit of, wee bit of needle between the two teams as well because of some of the comments that Cove Rangers came out with after the the replay was Talbot won. So, yeah, it'll be a, a tasty cup tie, definitely. Um, the one thing, though, is it won't be able to be on TV because Talbot haven't got third lights because I know as soon as the draw is made, folk are saying, oh, yeah, that'll be the, the game that's on TV. But uh, I think the first three rounds, they've said that the, the game they pick will be on the Friday night and even, I think, they're getting a second game in the fourth round, fifth round, I think, the quarterfinals. And I think it's to be the Friday night as well, so... Don't know what game they'll pick. Maybe... I think it's Bonnie Digg and Bucky. That could maybe be the game. Bonnie Digg are obviously flying high in the Lowland League, and then Bucky are doing pretty well in the Highland League. So, it could be that tie. Possibly. Who knows? Um, I'd noticed that in BBC Scotland that Chris Humphrey was actually um, one of the um, pundits and he so he's my Jay Gretna 2008 who got through one now so um, they might even be picked you just never know um, I'm not going to run through all the Scottish Cup ties but um, there was a couple that I did decide to watch on YouTube before I came on to see if I could see a pick out contender um, Cumberland Colts getting beat 5-1 at home at Pennick there was a couple of contenders in that but Cumberland Colts pro scored the goal of the game not as any consolation Um but there was a couple of close ones. Um, East Stirling losing 3-2 um, away. after they, f- they fell back from two down. 
um, to come back to 2-2 and then lost a late goal um, against Broxburn Athletic. Um, so, yeah, in Fort William, winning 5 nil. That's something that you don't yeah. hear every day. I don't want to say maybe I was kind of maybe look out for myself is the fact that a couple of junior teams went through. Um, so Lockheed United, they went through. They beat Edinburgh Uni 3-1. And then Banks said they beat Forest Mechanics 4-1. So it just shows you the, the strength of the junior game in terms of getting to the second round. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's always good to see the um, junior teams do well. Good luck to them all in the next round of the... Uh, the competition. Uh, you mentioned Cove, they won again. Um, they've only dropped two points all season. Um, and They won co- pretty comfortably. Um, at Elgin, um, 2-0. Um, and Cowdenbeath. I didn't realise that it's the first time in ten years that they've won four games in a row. A comfortable win at Queen's Park. Which keeps them up there. Yeah, one thing I did want to mention about the juniors just before they go on to the senior action was the uh, kind of sad news about which are, which are juniors. Um, oh, of course. The arson yeah. attack, so there's been a just given paid set up. Um, so we've, we've, I retweeted it, I think it was yesterday. Um, so kind of if you look at our podcast account, if you can donate anything at all, then please do, because the junior game relies so much on volunteers and help and sponsors and things like that. Yeah. And for something like that to happen, it's just tragic, I think it was well. They had it long done up the facilities as well, so anything at all, if you can spare anything, please do. Yeah, Robert, yeah, Snodgrass. Yeah, Robert Snodgrass donated 500, i seen. Um, that was really good of him. Obviously, something's not forgotten his roots any time. Unfortunately, so. these things things are happening a lot more um, in society just now in terms of a lot of junior clubs have been affected by vandalism and different things like that. I mean, there's no need for it. These people are living in the community. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. I don't know what was on these folks' heads. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, um, they get everything fixed soon enough, and that they raise enough money to, you know, get everything sorted. Um, I think the last I checked, they'd raise about two and a half thousand. Um, yeah, so they've exceeded their target, haven't they? They were looking to raise something like just over six hundred pounds, so they've they've more than surpassed that. But yeah, keep on giving if you can. Yeah, so come back to League 2, Edinburgh City also won, so I think they're still second in the league. Um, and we also mentioned Coven County Beath winning. Stennis Muir beat Breakin, so Breakin's still um, at the bottom. Mark Wilson's not getting a break yet. Um, and Anna Juba still in Albion. Uh, in League 1, Falkirk won away from home, um, which hasn't happened, hadn't happened this season, and there was a pick-out contender from Gomez, absolutely screaming at the top corner. Yeah, it's very similar to another contender. They've uh, had a few this season, Falkirk. <laughs> yeah, actually, that was a, something I was going to ask. Do any of your games get filmed, Darren, at all as well? No, not at the moment, no. Um, I know it's something the club have looked at to see if they can sort of improve that side of it, but yeah, not at the minute. Again, that's down to volunteers wanting to do it. Um, Wraith Rovers, for example, they, um, their reporter um, is a volunteer. That was the one that got shouted at by John McLean a few weeks ago, but to be fair, McLean apologised pretty quickly. Um, but it's mainly volunteers that run Wraith Rovers TV, so asking someone to do that for juniors is asking a lot. I mean, I know Kern used to do it, um, but yeah, if anyone wants to go film, they get a 
game this weekend, but I'm sure Kenny's they've got that put covered. It's an ideal opportunity for maybe a media student or something like that that's maybe got an interest. Yeah. Yeah, but I doubt. So I'm quite lucky that they've got you know, someone that films the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Race Rovers, we mentioned them, they won 1 0. Um, so they actually went top of the table after um, East Fife draw two each with them, Barton. Um, and Trolls still only have one point they lost. Away to Forfar and Peter Head and Clyde Drew when it's the two new boys in the league. Um, and then the championship with the fir- the winner of the sack race, Gary Colwell was the first to go. <coughs> yeah, I think it's been coming for a while though, hasn't it? Since the start of the season, I seem to have been disrested. And uh, obviously, it's just coming here. Actually, I thought I watched their both party this game last week. And, but for a bad offside decision, he probably would have got his jotters on the Saturday morning. Um, and they've obviously just taken a couple of days to do it, but it didn't really help them at the weekend. They're seen they still lost pretty heavily at home to them as well. Yeah, and they moved quickly to um, bring back two ex-managers, as it turns out. Well, Ian McCall's coming as number one, um, leaving there after a near-perfect start, um, four wins at five wins out of six um, and he's brought Alan Archibald as his assistant so 11 months after being sacked as manager Archibald returns as number two it's a weird one isn't it yeah I think it's a strange one but I think it probably shows just how scarce managerial opportunities in Scotland are at times I think going back to I heard Matt Wilson talking about it you know how long it's taken him to get a chance after the other job and now he's jumped into the bottom club of the country at Breakin so Alan Archibald's maybe just considered the fact that he needs to work and going back his number two and swallowing his pride a little bit to go back in under McCall. Mm. I've not seen it? anyone linked with the air job yet. No, I haven't seen anyone either, but is Sandy Stewart there? I see it there. Yeah, I think he's caretaker just now. I'm not 100% yeah. sure. Um, I wondered if it would, it would maybe just be he stepped up because obviously he's got great experience sort of coaching we own Coyle and stuff throughout his career so I wonder if he'd maybe step up Well he was manager at Air, um, Airdrie when they were reformed for the first five or six years and they went, um, went along with Owen Coyle um, as number two mm-hmm. when he um, got ditched by Airdrie so um, will he want to do it again I don't know Um it depends what Ayr's ambitions are. Um, I mean, they've started the season really well. You just worry for them that this might derail them um, losing McCall because McCall's done a wonderful job there um, on very limited resources. Yeah, yeah. I've just turned them from him. that sort of turned them from that sort of yo-yo club into a solid championship club. Obviously, got in the playoffs last year, but I think he sort of solidified them in the championship. So it's a, it's, it's going to be a tough gig to follow. Yeah, I've just noticed they released a statement a couple of years, a couple of hours ago saying they're looking for a new manager and they're inviting applications. So Sandy Stewart's taking charge into them bases and then Mark Kerr's assisting them. Um, just now. And they're going to get a coach in the next few days. So, yeah. See what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dundee United remain top after a late, late Shanklin show yeah. turning around a 1 0 deficit against our Broth to win. Our Broth again. Proving there are no mugs in that league, um, almost getting um, a point or three. Um, and Inverness 
Solid start continued well with 2-1 worst Queen of South. Dundee still a bit hit and miss just now, losing to Greenock Morton. Um, you know, they've obviously kept their they've obviously got the high season tickets in the league, um, banking and trying to get themselves up and well, if they lose games like that then more less and less fans are gonna appear at their games. Yeah, my mate was pleased with that one. We were doing <laughs> hospitality at Morton. Um, on Saturday, so some like sets the quid, good value. So very indifferent that season, Morton though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're one of the, that batch of teams where it's it, there is going to be an element of inconsistency. One week they're going to be good, the next minute it's um, it's going to be pretty poor. We just don't know what you're getting, but yeah, they'll take wins over. I think their home form is pretty solid. It's their away form they need to sort out from what I can see now outside. Yeah, I think they I think they'll uh, be strong contenders over the playoffs. That's bet Hopkins will get them sorted in terms of defensively and in ways a lot like the, uh, the Livingston team was under Hopkins, so I think they'll do alright. My friend just always thinks that Morton will be in a relegation battle, but I think they'll be alright. Yeah. And we come back to um, well, the top flight. Uh, before you can touch the top flight, we've got the European Games, but before the European Games there was the the sad news that um, Fernando Rickson, former Rangers captain, uh, passed away last Wednesday after a long, courageous battle with uh, motor neuron disease. Um, six years after um, getting an 18-month diagnosis. Um, obviously, we've got two Aberdeen fans and a Celtic fan on the um, the podcast. So, but it's just right this time that everyone just puts their differences aside when it comes to some of this. Absolutely, I think absolutely heartbreaking to firstly to see his battle over the last few years. You think to see the deterioration has been heartbreaking alone, and then to hear the passing, it, it definitely made me feel extremely sad. And just like condolences to his wife, and I think his young daughter's only eight years old. You know, she's only ever going to remember dad being fighting that this horrible, horrible disease. So it's absolutely devastating, unfortunately, that it's taken his life. Yeah, yeah colours go to one side when these types of things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what he's done, the raising the awareness has been terrific. I mean, I think to, when you look at um, his career, um, you would argue that his battle with motor neuron disease was probably more prominent than uh, what he achieved as a footballer. And he achieved a lot as a footballer. Um, I mean, personally, I mean, I wrote my blog, my piece last week, um, you know, with my tributes. I was honest about it because, you know, when he was a player, like most Aberdeen fans, we couldn't stand him. But that was mainly because he was in opposition and the way he played. But he played no different to someone that we would have liked in our team at that time. His best season for me was uh, the 2004-2005 season when he was playing as a centre midfielder and he was the captain. He had all that responsibility. He was off the drink and he was just playing so well. Helped Rangers to the double um, when joint player of the year was then shunted to um, full back the following season had the captain taken off which I thought was harsh but um, but certainly that season he was he was tremendous and you have to hold your heart off them and say well done but um, off the pitch what he did was incredible um, to fight the way he did there was no complaining from him there was no woe is me it was just a case of let's fight this I'm going to try and beat it I'm going to raise awareness going to raise a lot of money and even though he couldn't speak, you could see his brain was still sharp when he was 
know, communicating through a computer. Um, and it's just a shame that it's his battle's over. But at least the legacy is that he's raised a lot of money, and hopefully someone will beat it. Absolutely, I think as a player, he was one of the, he's one of the guys you love to hate. Almost the the pantomime villain, you know, among other supports in Scotland, but. And with the battle, you know, just to do it so so much in the public eye and not to hide away from it, not to shy away from what was going on, you know, to sort of show the world this is what this disease does to people and we need to try and do more to find remedies for it, you know, to have the courage to do that and for his family to have the courage to allow him to do that. Yeah, it takes a real, it's a real strength of character to be able to do that because I dare say it would have been easier for him to just retire and shy away from that sort of lifestyle and sort of fight his battle and, and quietness, but to come out and to show the world what was happening and what he was doing to his body um, and the cure for it was unbelievable yeah I mean um, it was you just see the tributes and Neil Lennon um, coming out with the um, the floral tribute on Friday was was pretty classy as well and uh, it just shows that um, rivalry can be put to one side. It's a shame it takes something like this for fans to unite and behave. But you know, I, um, but yeah, it was good to see that side of things and teams giving the minutes applause at the weekend. Aberdeen even released a statement. Um, yeah, it's so Rangers had a home game, fittingly against a Dutch team um, on Thursday. Um, and it would have been more fitting had James Tavernier, um, the the present Rangers captain, the present number two, took his pen, um, put his pen away. But unfortunately, for him, he hit the post. But Rangers still delivered a performance that he would have been proud of, and it was a terrific goal that won it from Ojo. Um, they should have had more from what I saw in the highlights, but a terrific goal to win and a great three points for Rangers to kick off their group stage. I know, they were very comfortable uh, in that game. Quite surprised. I thought Feyenoord would be all right, but Rangers played them off the park. So. Improving all the time, Rangers. Yeah, a great start to the European group for them. Um, I think Gerard sort of proved himself a little bit last year that he sort of he knew how to set him up in Europe. Kind of pragmatic approach, but very good in Europe last year. Unfortunately, not to go to the group, and they would have been looking to start off this year with, with three points at home. I think Gerard sort of muted the idea that if they were going to go to the group, they have to win the home games. So perfect start for them in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, and um, and for Celtic it was a solid start for them going um, to to Ren and coming back from a goal behind to get a draw. Um, I think there's no doubt that um, both were penalty kicks. Celtic probably should have had another one, but Celtic would have definitely taken that point at the start. Oh, absolutely. I think you know looking at the group, it heard a lot about Ren and how good they were, and he'd obviously spent a bit of money in the summer, so. I expected that to be probably our toughest test going away to France, so absolutely over the moon to get a point um, and a fairly comfortable performance as well. I actually don't think we looked under any immense pressure at any point in the game and perhaps unlucky not to get another penalty and maybe sneak all free, but yeah, absolutely would have before kick-off, so I guess start need to see a slightly more pragmatic approach to Celtic in Europe and not being so gung-ho and trying to play Beautiful football all the time because it's not always possible. So uh, it was it was nice to see us be so comfortable away from home. It's not something as a Celtic fan that you're used to being able to see. Usually watching it through 
through your fingers, through your fingers. I think defensively as well, Celtic are improving. Everyone's talking about how much Julian's a bit of a, a rock and he's coming into a game so much. So he's absolutely superb. I think he defends his box really, really well. Um, it's been a while since he had some so commanding defensively. Um, I think he's a good foil for Ayer. Ayer likes to play a bit more football. Um, like to, like to stride forward at times and try and get attacks start, started. So I think Julian's a great foil, just a real rock solid defender. Yeah, I would have um, definitely been relieved. I mean, you could see um, in his face it was disappointed the way he gave away the penalty, but it didn't let him affect him, to be fair, and him and Julian look as though they're going to shake up a decent partnership. And... Um, yeah, Ryan Christie again showing great composure with the penalty kick, but a good result. And but is the Cluj beating Lazio a good result for Celtic in this group? I believe so. I, I, I do believe so. I think I was at the Celtic Cluj game at Celtic Park a few weeks ago, and I don't see any reason why we shouldn't see them off. I know it's despite the result that night, but I think that was just some calamity defending from Celtic. Um, I don't see why we shouldn't be good enough to take four points off of Cluj if we need and it also it's taken three points away from Lazio so it's instantly opened the group up from what people probably expected um, after the first round of fixtures so I think it probably works in Celtic's favour as long as we do what we need to do and get the results that we should get Yeah, and, uh, um, You got a result that you um, would have expected at the weekend after getting um, going to go behind against Kilmarnock to Win the game three, winning Edwards again showing his worth uh, with two goals and Christie popping up again with the third to seal the deal. Um, it could have been a wee bit more tense later on um, with the penalty, definite penalty um, against Scott Brown, but yeah. he's a forster with a, a good save from Power's penalty. Uh, a good result, a good one at home. Um, obviously, the difficulty of playing on Thursday and then coming and playing on Sunday. I think we'll see over the course of the next eight or nine weeks for Celtic and are both playing in Europe, how well they react to that. But I think Celtic are pretty comfortable early on and you can see the goal. But in fact, it was good to see Brophy scoring. I think it's the first goal he scored in the league this season. But it's always good to see Scottish strikers scoring. He was pivotal for Kilmarnock last year, so hopefully he kicks on a little bit. I know he was in the round of national team last year and maybe just fell a bit short, but it'll be good to see him kick on anyway. And then, as you say, Edward does what he does, pops up with goals at big times, big goals at important times for Celtic, um, scores two at the weekend, and and then obviously Christie scores a tap in from Forrest Header, and I think Celtic would add a couple more, and then late on, I don't know why he's caught round that, he's in the tackle the way he does, uh, gives away the penalty, but Foster saves it. I think I've seen a stat that he's saved something like 10 and 38 penalties he's faced, which is an unbelievable record, that's true, like almost one in four. Um, but I've seen a stat like that kicking about on social media today. I thought that's, that's a crazily good record for a goalkeeper. But he saved two since he came back to Celtic now. Um, it's probably just his big six foot seven inch frame. Yeah, I think getting him back was a um, big thing for Celtic because there was a lot of criticism of Scott Bain. Um, Scott Bain, to me, he's a a backup keeper for a team like Celtic um, more than anything else but um, but Foster's come in and made, made that position his own um, again and uh, certainly for 
what Celtic need in terms of Europe and holding off Rangers, it could be such an important signing. Um, it looks as though the league is going to be a case of is it going to come down to the four old firm games because there was Rangers winning again at the weekend. Um, they weren't great in the first half, but then turned up in the second, scored four goals. Um, and it just looks as though it's going to be a straight shot between Rangers and Celtic. It's a case of um, when are they, are they going to slip up against other sides? Probably will, but. I think just as well. Yeah. I think as well with the fact that they, they can rely on two strikers scoring goals. I mean, Morelos comes off and then Defoe scores a double. Um, Morelos, it wants just. He looks unplayable at times. The way he's kind of bullying defenders off the ball and his finish for the first goal as well on Sunday was really good because they'd struggled a bit in the first half. Um, St. John's had probably had a couple of chances whereby you thought maybe they would have um, scored. So Rangers are starting to look better away from home as well. And that was something they maybe struggled a wee bit last season. And that's them eight, eight games unbeaten away from home in all competitions. Um, and they're looking like a, a kind of proper team now. But yeah, when you get him coming off and then Defoe comes on and gets a double. One of them a bit fortunate because probably offside. But the last thing defenders want when they're tired and it's Defoe coming on in terms of how clever he is on the pitch. I think he's got to go every 46 minutes in the league, which is a terrific record. Yeah, I think Celtic Rangers both look like a level to above everyone else in the league this season. So yeah, it looks almost like you say it's going to come down to games against each other and whatever slip-ups either of them may have, which I think why games like Sunday are so crucial for both, where you come off the back of European games and uh, you come off the back of these big atmospheres in Europe and you're coming back to your run-of-the-mill domestic games. Really, I mean, who can stay switched on for them? Who can make sure that you don't drop any silly points? So Both of them winning quite emphatically on Sunday sort of set the tone for the rest of the season that they both don't look as though they're going to let up any time soon. Yeah, it's certainly looking that way. Um, when at the other end you had um, an Edward Army where two teams were going in and both pretty poor form. Um, the the talk before the game was whoever won the game was going to push the other um, towards the um, the exit door. Um, Hearts and Budge publicly back Craig Levine the week. And at 1 0 Hibs, um, absolute screamer from Stephen Mallon, uh, which is what was going to put um, more pressure on Levine. But credit Hearts, they fought back. It pays his scores equaliser. I think personally the goalkeeper could do a little better because it's not hit that well. Um, I know there's a defender in front, but I think he's reacting too slow. And then um, Arne Hickey, young boy, uh, terrific um so it takes a massive deflection and a great moment for him scoring the winner in the Ember Derby. And now Paul Heckenbottom, almost by his own admission, is a man very much under pressure. Um, he's now been nicknamed Paul um, Bottom by Lewis, our guest last week. <laughs> I must say I'm surprised he's still in the job tonight. I thought he'd be gone. But when I worked through Edinburgh, so I know a few Hibs fans and they've wanted him out for weeks now. Um, I'm not sure what, what's what's happened at Hibs if I'm honest I think Heckenbottom came in last season and went on an unbelievable run when Neil Lennon left and it just seems to be like he's brought in a few of his own players and it just has not clicked at all A few of them aren't even starting um, like Glenn Mid- I don't know why they don't start Glenn Middleton because he came off the bench and he looked pretty impressive um, and I think we're running games he'll become a decent player, but some of the rest of them were just... Like, Maxwell came in for, for the first time in the, um, 
since the League Cup campaign. Dodge is hardly featured at all, um, and you know it's just like, they've got too too many players that are um, you know in the midfield that are, are similar, like say uh, Malin, Allen, uh, Horgan, and they just can't seem to find the blend this season. It's um, they're also missing Martin Boyle, who's out injured again. I think they miss Bartley. Yeah. I think ever since Bartley's went to Livingston, I think he gave him that sort of steeliness in midfield type of player who would go and win the ball back for all these player players around him. I think, I'm not sure they've replaced him. Um, I know he's had midfield recently. He's been had a lot of good players with Mickey Oaks and Gins and Scott Howard and Stevie Mallon at times, but I think Bartley always sort of remained that constant that he was always in there in big games, snapping at heels and things. And I don't see anyone at the club now who does that for them anymore. Yeah, they're definitely needing an enforcer in there. Um, but yeah, it was a timely win for Hearts and um, their next games against their, ourselves in the League Cup, Aberdeen the, the League Cup this week. So that'll be an even more interesting tie. And Aberdeen come off the back of a decent win away to Livingston, but with a lot of criticism because um, for what I heard on the radio and from what you saw in the highlights, if anyone looked as though they deserved to win 2-0, it would have been Livingston because they had the bulk of the chances, but they didn't take them and... It was definitely a smashing grab for us. It's one of those, though, in terms of it's typical Aberdeen over the last few seasons, but by we don't play particularly well, but get the result. Um, clean sheet as well, but yeah, Lovey certainly had chances. Um, so I kind of probably forced it to get the win, but maybe we need that just to get the season going. Um, for all folk I say, we're struggling, we're still doing pretty well in the league. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you, it's a, it's, it must be a hard bunch for McKenna and stuff at Aberdeen, I'm not sure. As an outsider looking in, I think he gets a lot of criticism a lot of the time, and he just always seems to have you there or thereabouts. So, cup finals, semi finals, finishing second, finishing third. Yeah, the, ba- the main point. always get results at times. Yeah, the main frustration is the kind of style of football. Cause I think we've got players that could play a more attractive kind of type of football. Um, we kind of grind out results, but then that's a sign of a good team grinding out results, I think. It's, it's that way you're trying to get. What, uh, I was going to try and see my son I'm saying well would fans be happier for playing great football and getting beat probably not yeah. um, I suppose it's just trying to get a balance because there are things we can yeah. play good football the start of the season you look at the way we were playing we are playing great attacking football and then it's kind of going to be a bit to the wayside we're struggling with injuries but all teams struggle with injuries um, it could be in a way and this has happened before under this when we've had a bit of adversity and we've maybe had a wee bit of uh, injuries you end up getting consistency, consistency of selection because you've only got maybe so many players to choose from so it could end up maybe helping us in a way um, certainly help Dean Campbell as well get more games as well in midfield who's a real right talent because um, obviously Oyo's going to be out for I think three months Bryson's going to be out for a month so midfield we're certainly short of options mm-hmm are still short defensively in terms of all the injuries there so yeah so much so we that um, everything's maybe having to contend with we're doing all right yeah so much so that Tommy Hobbins um, come, look, looks as though he could be coming back um, to train continue his uh, rehabilitation with a few potential signings so um, yeah that'll be interesting to see if, uh, if that comes off but um, what was interesting was that Sam Cosgrove was also on the bench at the weekend um, I don't know if he was I think he must have been rested, um, but Curtis Main started. Um, now I've made no secret I'm not a fan of Curtis Main, and by all accounts, what I heard, he did nothing to um, 
to shut his critics up. Uh, and you want, do you know, see someone who's criticised him. I'd love to see him come, um, turn around and ram it down my throat with a hat trick in the next game. Um, because at the end of the day, anyone who wears that red shirt, get, I want them to do well. Um, but it's just not a sign that's um, impressed me. And Cosgrove comes off the bench and, oh, yeah, it's another penalty, but he's, he still sticks it away and he looks more of a threat. And, yeah, just ne- You'll be pivotal in at Ten Castle this week. Yeah, I think we were quite lucky with a penalty, but the game was one anyway. Um, I don't think it was a penalty. Yeah. It, it's an up front as well as we should think for Anderson. It deserves a chance. We've um, got another couple of goals in the reserves um, against Huddersfield in this tournament that we're playing. Yeah, in. I'd rather he was getting a chance instead of main. Because um, you you would think as well at some point maybe Anderson will maybe get. Frustrated and want to go out and loan again, which might do him a, do him a ton. But he, he went alone, out and loan last season and did well, so I think he's proven that he he can do it and um, score goals at a, a good level. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, and uh, Mothers winning streak came in the end um, at home to Ross County, who get their first away win of the season, um, and another striker who's been doing well since he's come up, Ross Stewart, scoring a winning goal. He's got four goals, hasn't he, in the league? Yeah, it's a big win for County. It's a big win, given how well Motherwell has been doing. Um, I think that's propelled Ross County up to seven in the league or something, but... It's fifth. Sort of given... Is it fifth high? So, uh, it's a big win for them. I think they've they sort of settled into life pretty well. Uh, back in the top flight, they seem to have that... I don't know, the co-manager thing. I'm not sure how it works, but they seem to have the perfect blend... Definitely blend with it, and it seems to be going pretty well. Yeah, definitely. And I didn't realise that Ross Stewart had been let go by St Mirren um, to go up to Ross County. And well, St Mirren could do with something like Ross Stewart right now because they're really toiling. Um, yeah, they didn't beat the weekend, but I think now and at home, uh, Hamilton, a fell um, basement team, I think they'll be pretty disappointed with that because they're the type, types of games that we mini league if you want to stay up that. You need to try and win the home games against them at least. And no one else a pretty disappointing result. But credit Hamilton with 10 men. Um, a little unfairly, you can maybe argue with 10 men, but. Because um, I thought that second it's week was ridiculous. Second. It's a ridiculous decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they make it all the more frustrating for Jim Bidwin and everyone that's a mum. Like you say it's those type of games you really want to be picking up three points in, especially when they lose a player. So, Mr. Mun seems to have solid enough, but he doesn't really seem to have much going forward. I think they've had a massive player turnaround on turnover in the last two years, and they've never really settled. You know, having a couple of different managers in, I don't think they've really settled on a squad yet. So it's been a bit of turmoil at times, but they seem to be well set up. And, sort of decent defensively but just don't seem to have anything going forward Yeah, and they could well be without uh, Kyle McAllis as well because uh, he kicked out at Hamilton defender Scott McMahon in the face and that's um, that's going to SFA judicial panel to see how that goes um, and I'd imagine there'll be two oh, we all know where that goes they, <laughs> they just toss a coin and then heads or tails whether you get off or not it appears <laughs> Yeah. I noticed as well earlier the under twenty one squad for Scotland was announced, so I'm taking it to 
the full squad announced at some point last week. Yeah, I think that'll be next week, if it not, because um, the game is the yeah, 13th October. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be next week, that's it. Because um, I think the under-21s player, I, I can't remember, to be honest, I've not had any mention about it. It feels as though we're just getting over the last two and then we're preparing for the next two. Yeah, that's ours. No, 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 I actually looked at tickets to take my wee one to it and they wanted 27 quid to go and watch San Marino against Scotland on a Sunday night and I was just like, no wonder we can't get hand in even half full when we're asking people to pay for that in a campaign that's already failed. Like, I don't understand the thinking behind it. Yeah, they should be doing what. Uh, remember, they played Gibraltar a few years ago, and they ended because they knew they weren't getting the demand because the ticket prices were even worse then. Um, they gave away ten thousand tickets to the local schools, etc., just to make up um, the numbers, and it took the attendance up to, I think it was thirty-four thousand when it should have been a bit more. Um, so I don't know why they don't do that for this one because let's be honest, there's not going to be a lot of interest um, in these last two games. Um, the Kazakhstan, it'll be a case of um, we're playing for third place, um, yep. and there just won't be the same appetite. Um, but yeah, let's let's keep the positive thinking just now. <laughs> um, so um, <laughs> let's what, not go down that Scotland route. Yeah, so. Pick out contenders, and what's the best goal that you've seen this week? And it can oh, be from any level. Any. I, I, was, I was trying to think, and I couldn't. There's nothing that I've seen that I could even pick out to say. I'm going to give this one a miss and let you two guys decide. But. Certainly, I, I either goal miss or Marlon, the only ones I've seen. I can't, I can't say I've seen a lot of goals apart from what was in sports scene and then the games I've seen in terms of the Talbot game and yeah. stuff like that. So. Yeah, I think, I think to be fair, uh, well, Chris, um, who's not been able to make it this week, uh, he thinks Marlon, so I think that's... We'll give Hib, Hibs um, fans some comfort of a bad weekend by at least saying at least we scored the goal of the week. So, Stevie Marlon, um, your wonder strike is the pick it out for this week and he'll be hoping to do something similar this week because Hibs are away to come on in the League Cup um, because we said Hearts Aberdeen Celtic at home to the only non-Premier League team left in the competition Partick Thistle, good welcome back for Ian McCall and the other tie which is on BT Sports Livingston v Rangers There are many shocks as such um, no, I don't see. I, I mean, I certainly don't see Party um, beating Celtic. I think Celtic will make a few changes. Um, they've got enough wingers to choose from. Uh, give Forrest and um, Elanusi rest. Maybe they'll give um, Johnny Hayes a game or Lewis Morgan a game or um, Schwed. Um, don't know what's happened to him. Um, yeah. He might feature. Um, must be hard having all these options. I'd imagine, uh, hopefully, Lee, Lee, Lee Griffiths will play as well um, as he gets his way back. Um, can Livingston cause an upset against Rangers? You never know. I mean, they played well at Ibrox recently, but let's be honest, if Rangers show the right attitude that they've been doing most of the season, I think they'll win the game. And Well, whoever wins out of the other two ties, it's not really a shock because we can flip a coin. Um, and put an argument for whoever will win yep. those two ties. 
I think uh, Rangers will be absolutely desperate to try and win this the League Cup because I think they want to try and set a marker down and finally win, win a trophy after a long time. I don't know, I have a slight fear as a Celtic fan because Neil Lennon in his first tenure as manager had a really terrible cup record at times. I think we were on the end of a few bad results. So that uh, gives me a little bit of panic around it, although we should see off Partick regardless of what Alvin picks. And you said the other two sides are probably flip of the coin fairly similar in terms of ability and who could go through either of them. Because mm-hmm. although Aberdeen's third in the league and Hearts are eighth, you know, um, there's really not that much that much in terms of the quality between the two. And it's, yeah, um, Hearts have already won against Aberdeen, haven't they, this year? No. Um, no, Aberdeen won 3-2. Oh, did they? I thought Hearts won that game. Sorry, uh, my bad. Hearts' last um, league win... Um, was against Aberdeen last season um, in March. That was the last league win before the horrendous run that they ended at the weekend. Um, I think it's going to be a very scrappy game between two scrappy teams, if I'm being honest. And Kilmarnock and Hibs, uh, well, Kilmarnock beat them last time. They've been playing a lot better in recent weeks, although they lost at the weekend. Um, it was Celtic they were playing. They'll be confident Hibs, well, they need to lift themselves. And it's a tough week for Hibs because um, they get... Um, to entertain Celtic in the early kickoff game on Saturday, um, and Aberdeen go to Ibrox, um, and the other games: Hamilton v Livingston, Commander v Ross County, St George's v Motherwell, and St Manhurts. We did well at Ibrox last season, so hopefully we can repeat what we did last season. I can't see it at the moment, but uh, you never know. Yeah, if we're going to have to put in a similar game plan, but we need some of our better players back. Um, if we get in, it'll be a nice bonus. Um, Anything else this week in Scottish football that you've seen? Or uh, there were some tweets of the week. Yeah, um, I need to go back to group chat. There was... Uh, English football related, um, James Madison, um, he was getting stick off the sun, so at least um, about a bag that he had, and he said, "Well, it could be, <laughs> it could be more embarrassing. I have a page, of, I could have a copy of the sun." Um, yeah. He said, uh, "He's had a couple of nice, funny tweets recently. I seen one with Jeremy Clarkson as well the other week, when Jeremy Clarkson said that he's he's playing like a player who spent too much time in the barber shop." And uh, to which James Madison replied, I could count on one hand how many haircuts you've got left, Jeremy. And someone's um, at Football Shoot, seeing how Talbot, Barry Ferguson's men playing more like Hearts than Kelty. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I was on as well with Barry Ferguson when he was giving the fingers to the at Hamden. And it was like, what round's Talbot through to? <laughs> as well, I like the one today. It's no Scottish football, but the the one for the uh, whacking with the the wee trick, the magical trick, the balls. Oh yeah, um, I tweeted it earlier. <laughs> Don't know if you if you or sent it, what's up earlier? Yeah, you should have a look. It's quite amusing. The the Carnoustie Panmure um, back on side derby um, video tweet was pretty good. I like that. Oh, it was a different class actually, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll Yeah, unless there's anything else we'll end on that note. So um what would be your perfect Saturday this week, Aaron? Aaron, sorry. Uh uh Fall Tows win by any matter of means. 
Um, I mean, if I could pick how it was going to do it, and we would score a last-minute winner. I would score a last-minute winner. <laughs> but, uh, nah, just to win the game. That's all it needs to be. So, we're back in training tomorrow night. We'll no doubt have a bit of a debrief after the shambles that we had at the weekend. And then it's all focus will turn to Saturday. And we'll try and be positive about it. Try and lift the mood again. And I look forward to the game. look forward to meeting some good people at Kernish who I've spoken to. Over the course of the last few months, with their involvement back on side, you know, fantastic club. Well, it appears to be a fantastic club getting involved in that. Said, shame that Phil couldn't make it along to the recording tonight, but we could to speak to him in person and meet him. Um, meet, as I imagined, uh, to the club and meet Jamie, uh, Jamie Winter, the other ambassador for back on side. So I'm looking forward to that. But first and foremost, I'm looking forward to, to beating them, hopefully. And then we'll have pleasantries after the game. Do you have a particular celebration when you score a goal? Oh, and I'm very much off the cuff. Like, uh, I mean, I love to overdo it. It's, just, it's the reason I still play football, you know, is that, that feeling of the ball hitting the net. It's something I've never really been able to drag myself away from, despite all my troubles in my life over the years. That I've always had that constant that, that just takes every trouble away from you when it happens. So I'm very much an over-celebrator, probably, people would say, but I'm just you just got to enjoy these moments regardless if they're in front of too many in the dog or in front of a couple of hundred so yeah. I don't know what I'll do but as I say hopefully we just go and win the game maybe a t-shirt underneath with SFF podcast on it maybe <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I think that might get my yellow card I don't know what it is anymore <laughs> it was like one uh, the other day with the Talbot game Shanklin jumped in the crowd to the other it was pals uh, it's not, it was quite good but I'll see a bit good, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that could cost someone later rounds. And if um, Talbot gets ready to play someone later rounds yeah. Celtic Aye. and he was suspended, he would be like, I know. right, what the hell yes. was I doing against Kelty? <laughs> um, but, Aye, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Nah, good luck to you. Yeah, um, best of luck for Saturday. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, Thanks and, for having us on again, guys. Yeah, no worries. And uh, cheers as always, John. And thanks, Evan, for listening. Cheers, John. Thank you.